You're listening to the Creator's Life Podcast. It's going to be a good one, guys. Um, I have a longtime friend here, um, Luke Asper. Um, man, if you guys don't know him, um, you should because he's doing some some amazing stuff. Uh, I've known him over the years. So, uh, yeah, bro. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. It's good. good to be in Austin. We're here live. Yes, <laughs> live, live. Uh, yeah, so um, tell a little bit about yourself, um, kind of you know what you're doing right now. Uh, which in your career and things like that. Yeah, so right now I own a video production company and I do, you know, local, you know, church stuff. So from conferences to video announcements, bumpers, stuff like that. I've worked with some nonprofits, wedding videos, you know, corporate videos, talking head type videos, uh, stuff like that in the DFW area. But I also travel too, so, you know, it's a, it's a plus. Yeah, yeah. How's that been with... Um, travel you know uh is that something is that like i'm assuming that's a big part of your job you know traveling and things like that like um what's 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 been that journey like you know traveling as a freelancer and things like that yeah so most of my clients are local the ones that get me out of texas are some executive consultants that i have so they're the types that are doing you know, the workshop slash course type video. Mm -hmm. And so they'll want me to come out to where they're at because they're used to traveling. So they're, you know, not just in Texas. So they want, you know, hey, come do this, you know, releasing this new book. So I want, you know, certain amount of videos to release with it. So they'll usually, you know, fly you out there if they know, um, know you through relationships. And so most of my stuff is corporate slash uh, consultant stuff. So Gotcha. So, and you, you start out basically like on like photography, um, you know, back in the day, like I remember, you know, iPhone, you know, shooting and, um, so how, how's that transition been from like, cause you do primarily more video now. Um, so how was that transition from like yeah. being a photographer in the photography scene now more video? It actually started with video. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> so it started video like with my wife's over there laughing because she she's seen the home videos that, yeah, yeah. that me and my brothers used to do uh, so it started in video and then we got to gateway in 2003 and so actually started helping the children's department it then turned into media editing learned how to edit doing worship videos so learning how to do the lyrics timing lyrics with the beat making sure everything's fine like mm-hmm. making sure everything's good so learned how to edit first before mm-hmm. anything else learned how to edit yeah and then took those skills into learning how to record or actually, you know, make, we, we would do uh, fake movie trailers. So you'd mm-hmm. take a movie and we would make a fake trailer to it, to like a song that we liked. We're like, oh, we like this song. So let's make this fake trailer. Yeah. So we'd make, you know, two minute spoof of a trailer to some type of movie. So that's how we learned how to edit, learned how to do, you know, video messages for churches and stuff like announcements. And then, uh, I was actually on a missions trip where, you know, we were there for five days mm-hmm. and I caught enough B-roll that I was like, I really don't know what to do with myself now. And yeah. so, cause at that time it was when DSLR started being able to do video. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll learn photography. And yeah. so I knew enough to use a DSLR on video. I was just like, I'm just going to teach myself how to do photography. Mm-hmm. So I was like, if you have the eye for video, 
and you most likely have the eye for photography. And I say it's the same way around. If you have the eye for photography, you have the eye for videography. Yeah. And so literally was like, oh, I'm just going to take photos now because I have enough footage. And so then after that's when the Instagram community kind of blew up. Yeah. And so I kind of took the knowledge of photography to mobile. And so through the mobile photography, that's kind of really what spiked my photography ish career Mm -hmm. and then through still having video as my fallback of you know now it's 10 years of experience with video production um i do i do both now gotcha yeah how i like i like what you said because you know me as a photographer i do um sometimes have interest in you know i'll see a scene i'm like man that'll make a cool video um you know because that's just naturally from my photography and things like that but like, what would you say how to, you know, make that transition from like, or, you know, if a person wants to jump into more video, what's the best thing in order to do that, you know, as a photographer? Uh, as a photographer, the, the, because it's, it's way different, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So with photography, it's like one moment, it's a click and you move on. So I see when most photographers try to take that into the video side, they don't get enough of a clip. Mm-hmm. And so they'll sit there, they'll get three seconds recording, like, yeah, that's cool. And then they go back to edit it or try to give it to someone. And they're like, we can't, we can't do any, We can't do anything with this. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's literally two seconds. And so, yeah. um, the same rule, you know, the rule of thirds composition stuff like that applies, but it's just pretty much the timing. And in, in my experience or the way I do it is the emotional part. Mm-hmm. So if I have a 30 second clip, but this one part, you can read someone's emotion through their face, like, mm-hmm. especially with what I'm kind of basing off like wedding videos. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you have 30 seconds of something and the lady's, you know, just sitting there, not smiling or doing anything, but like the last five seconds she smiles, like that's the part I would use. So it's yeah. like, you want to make sure you get plenty of coverage when it comes to, um, doing video from photo because photo is such a instant one time <laughs> yeah one time you're you're on to the next thing so yeah. videos are much more wait for the right time right for the right right moment um but you know just getting to know basics of your dslr if you're using dslr it's way easier than <laughs> trying to jump from yeah a camera that doesn't know how to do video to a cinema camera or you know like a canon c200 or 300 that's completely opposite so just understanding the basics of your camera which you should, if you're a photographer, you know yeah. most of it. You'll know about it, but just being able to like just see what does and doesn't work. Um, yeah, because nowadays like DSLRs are so. I mean, they do everything for you basically. Like yeah. you literally just press buttons and things like that. But it's still you want to know manual mode. Yeah, <laughs> you use manual mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you want to know those things too, though. But um, like for me, like with video, it's so much like storytelling. Mm. So. Like how how do you storytell like when you make a video? Because I know your like your style is very like um, energetic, um, you know, a lot of motion things mm-hmm. like that from previous videos that I've seen before that you've made. Uh, I don't know; it probably has changed now mm-hmm. over time. So, uh, what's your storytelling? So my I I learned the opposite way. So it's shoot first, edit later, okay. and mainly in video, it's you storyboard it, you plan it, you go and you sh- get your shots that you take. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to mainly the most of the stuff I did was an event based, mm-hmm. and then you have to just record a whole bunch of stuff, and then afterwards you have to edit it into something that looks good. Yeah. So there's no real planning, no storyboarding. So I learned the opposite way of just shoot as much as you can, 
tell a story later. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where the, you know, finding the emotional parts in the clips mm-hmm. makes it better than most people. Because yeah. you can storyboard something, but if you can't tell the emotion and get a feeling out of it, then, you know, it's not going to work. So yeah. I kind of shoot things first and then go back and edit later. Like, so it's pretty much the best, the best example I've ever heard about that, that like changed my editing style was from Ezra Cohen. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, your timeline on your, you know, editing board is, you know, you let's say it's like, it's like the kitchen table or like your kitchen, you're about to make a meal. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be making this salad or something, or let's go with soup. You could be making the soup. And if you have the ingredients, you have everything that it says in the book and you put it all in there and you taste it and it just tastes like just garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> let's say you had a party or something and like you're trying to present this food or something like mm-hmm. you have to do whatever it takes to now make that taste good. Yeah, <laughs> you're not yeah. going to be like, here, eat this crappy like soup. Yeah. I followed the instructions. So, you know, if you don't like it, like bummer. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, your, your editing timeline is like a kitchen table. Like you have to, if your story, you could plan a storyline and storyboard everything. But once you edit it all together, be like, wow, this is horrible. Like, yeah. This is the absolute, what were we thinking? This isn't line up. And so that's kind of where I like to be flexible with just, you know, shoot things, know what you're getting, but also, play around make sure you get plenty of coverage to you know at the end have enough because it's the worst thing as an editor be like i don't have enough footage <laughs> like yeah like yeah. i need 30 more seconds and that's even that's even yeah. with photography too mm-hmm. like if you didn't like you know say you're shooting a wedding and you don't have enough oh, shots yeah. you know what yeah. i mean like oh yeah so yeah definitely having enough you want to have more than yeah. less for in yeah. the end of the day you yeah. know um so yeah. But yeah, like like you said, that storytelling is so important, you know, because like that's ultimately like, you know, what people are going to feel, that emotion, that drive that's in the video, mm-hmm. you know, that's good. Music is key. Yeah. I would say yeah. like that's probably the hardest part. <laughs> you uh-huh. should even like build in like two hours of just searching for a song. <laughs> yeah. Because there are... It, finding the right song to get the right emotion with your footage. Mm-hmm. Cause you can have a somber song, but like have a high energy event and then they just won't mash. Like mm-hmm. they won't mash unless you're trying to go for this very, like there, there are times for that where you want high energy with a very somber, like song yeah. just to like build suspense or like interest. But you know, finding the right song you're not going to find a rap song for a wedding highlight video. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just not, yeah. it can be done. It can be done. But usually it's not. Like yeah. You're not going to have like this high energy song with this very like emotional day. Yeah. So, you know, finding music is very, you know, you some know. Drake. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I there there was one and I tried to like record it like to see if I can find the song. So I thought it was like so cool. Oh, but like their style was like, obviously they meant like they they actually planned for it. It yeah. wasn't like the just the, the editor was like, yeah, this will be a great song. It was a very like, hey, we want this to be like legit. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've seen it done once and that, and that was it. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely song is like very important, you know, because I can't tell you that how many times I've heard a song and I'm like, man, that'll be nice in a video, mm-hmm. you know, it's oh, yeah. like fast or upbeat because I'm like, man, I see the, I can see the yeah. shot in my head already yeah. just by hearing the song, oh, yeah. you know. So, yeah. And then there's another thing that, um, he actually, he's here in Austin, Peter Longo. Oh yeah. He'll carry his just little compact point and shoot camera mm-hmm. and he will be walking down the street and be like, oh man, like he'll get, so the same thing. Like when you're hearing a song, you're like, oh, I can see that in my head. He'll walk through something and be like, wow, that'd be a cool spot for a video. And he'll 
do a screen grab. So he'll take a photo of it and be like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but mm. I want it to save it to know for some time later. Be like, oh, yeah, I want it for this future, you know, you know, a year or two could go by and you're like, oh, I need this perfect location. <gasps> Wait, I took a photo of it yeah. <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. I know exactly where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So that's like a cool thing I've seen him do is just carry his point and shoot camera and just be like, and he has some like just amazing screen screen grabs from, yeah. from just stuff that he just ran. His eye is like ridiculous, but uh-huh. that's the thing that he practices. He's like, I just want to be able to remember. Cause it's the same thing as like, you know, oh, that camera just stopped guys. It's fine. Don't, don't mind that. <laughs> One of the cameras just, just stopped. So, yeah. uh, we're also video recording this for the audio people yeah. <laughs> listening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he literally will just screenshot, and just take photos of everything to use for future projects yeah. that you never know you're going to have. But yeah, he he's thinking proactively of like, hey, I'm just going to like, it's the like you know, what in the church world, like note takers are history makers. <laughs> that yeah, that, yeah. that saying, because like helps, it, helps, it helps you like remember things. The same thing as, you know, just taking a photo of like, oh, that'd be a cool spot. So yeah, I mean, like with me, like I take my, my Fuji pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, when I go out and shoot because it's like you never know when you're going to see a shot and you just, boom, just take it, you know? Uh, And I feel like, you know, cameras are going that route now, like with, you know, Leica, Fuji, those type of brands, like are really enforcing like like more portable style, you know, shooting, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, the iPhone, yeah, iPhone, yeah. Best, I was gonna see too. Phone, or the best camera you have is the one that's on you. <laughs> yeah, I was so gonna they're s- they're stepping up. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna see like what, um, what's your opinion on you know iPhone video? You know because they've really like enhanced the video mm-hmm. now with iPhones, and people are doing more video with their iPhones. Um, what where do you think that's gonna go? Like more in the future with you know just mobile video versus. I mean, I think it's amazing there's like the so i have like all the moment gear so i have I all, say moment, all yeah. yeah i have all the you know the cases for it all the lenses mm-hmm. even the anamorphic lens which is you know for 100 bucks you can get an anamorphic lens which if you bought the real lens it's like 30 is it grand nice? or something the, i haven't oh, yeah. played with it okay mm-hmm. yeah so then they they thought it was like, oh only filmmakers will use it but then they found out more photographers were using it because it's such a longer like image that mm. you know got the photo so they were like wow this actually blew up and so i even have the adapters for nd filters so like the the big thing with the iphones is it can't really have that motion blur when it's too bright outside yeah. it can't i mean it's not a bad thing the photos look great but when it comes mm-hmm. to video you know you need an nd filter to have that natural motion blur but if you get those nd filters that moment provides and stuff like it is i know game changer i've yeah. done two two commercials with just iPhone. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? Uh, easy. <laughs> <laughs> the one of the guys like after I finished recording, he even knew I was giving like I was providing him this this commercial just to show him like, hey man, I like I support you. I do this all this stuff. Like we kind of bargained for some stuff too. But yeah. then at the end of it, he's like, wait, that's just your phone? Like I had everything on it. I had a little cage for it and everything. And he's like, that was just your phone. I'm like yes like i told you this like that's the only reason i kind of wanted to do it too is to try it and then was able to get another gig from that from free that content shoot. yeah from that free one wow. <laughs> i was able to get something else and instead of having to pay for something i was like here let me do this and so mm-hmm. um it's def- i mean it's for me it's fun but i also have camera gear that i would rather use <laughs> i know <laughs> instead yeah. so yeah i mean at the end of the day like you know the canon r it's like mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna pick that over the iphone oh yeah but like if i don't have 
you know, this with me mm-hmm. all the time, I'm okay with just pulling out my iPhone. Oh, yeah, 100%. Taking a shot, yep. you know. Like I think it, when you go to, you, you would need the, like a, the Moment app or Filmic Pro app yeah. for your phone because you can sh- set the shutter speed and aperture. So you can actually set it for 24, make sure your frame rate is 50, like make sure it's not overexposed or underexposed, whatever it is that mm-hmm. the normal camera. Yeah um setting does so you want to make sure you have an app that actually lets you control the settings like you would for dslr and so the best ones i found out this the moment uh the moment app and then filmic pro is by far the moment app is crazy like you can literally control everything like from that app Mm -hmm. they've done a good job with that um i want to talk about what you just said um you did that shoot for free Mm um i want to talk about what's your your opinion on doing work for free in the beginning um as a artist or creative Mm -hmm. Uh, because i think we live in a a, you know time now where creators think that everything that they need to you know be paid for and things Mm -hmm. like that you know which they should um but i i I strongly agree in you know when you're starting out that you need to you know sometimes you got to do work for free to just get some portfolio Mm -hmm. work like that what's what's your opinion on that like working for free I I think it's by far the I think it's the best way to get your portfolio to look like what look for the clients that you want. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say go do this huge corporate thing that you absolutely hate. You don't like working with the people. Yeah. It's not your passion. So you're just like gonna go do it for free just to say you've done it. Like mm-hmm. uh, the, the those are the gigs I get paid for a lot, but I don't put them in my portfolio because obviously in the future I don't want those so yeah. i will do the free the free things are the things i you know passionate about and like strongly believe in like if i'm yeah, not gonna <laughs> if i'm i'm not gonna just go do something for free with something i don't care about or i wouldn't personally use or don't support so i think that's what makes it easier to do it for free yeah because at the same time you know there are times where you're like wow i shouldn't have done this for free or just shouldn't have done this at all but if you're yeah. passionate about it and you actually believe in it it makes it so much better and it kind of you know, you put a little bit more energy into it and yeah. way more like create, like you give way more milk, you know, it's free, but you believe in it, you're passionate about it. And so it's such an easy way to build your portfolio. And then you can turn that into a, a job opportunity in the future. So you can easily be like, Hey man, strongly like, you know, send out like you know 10 emails, 30 emails to mm-hmm. like these companies that you highly respect and that you want to work with. But you know, you know, you could get 29 rejects, but if you get one reply of like, yeah, the one, but you need to be like, Hey, you know, uh, I'm just starting out. I'm trying to get some, trying to build up my portfolio. I love your business. I love your product. Would you, I would love to do a free video for you with your product. Like, you know, either send me the thing or let me just do it Yeah, for you if you already have the stuff, but you know, create that and say, Hey, for my first time, like I would love to do this for free. And maybe if you like it, let's work. To, yeah in the future <laughs> yeah and so if they figure out like wow he will he's willing it shows the company wow they're willing to invest like sweat equity you know you're not they're not having to pay you so mm. it's good for them yeah <laughs> they'll get a product and if it's good enough then maybe then they'll see well this guy really cared about us to one reach out mm-hmm. which most creatives don't think about they don't think about the whole like wow people actually would reply to me <laughs> you'll get a lot of rejects but you will also get people be like oh yeah absolutely let's work together like exactly yeah especially the free part but yeah it definitely helps you 
you know, get in with some companies that, mm-hmm. and then even some that, you know, you won't even hear back from. So it gets like, your oh. exposure too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exposure, experience, um, and maybe a potential, potential client in the future. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely think doing stuff for free is um, great. Yeah. <laughs> we hear stuff outside. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I think that's important because you know, you'll never know unless you try, mm-hmm. you know, put yourself out yeah. there, you know, as a photographer, videographer, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And then there's even the parts where like some people have done that, told this brand, Hey, let's work together. Never got, never got an answer. And then they've made it. And now they're like this famous photographer, they're famous, this, and yes. now those companies, the ones that are chasing after him. And he's like, Oh, Hey, I actually emailed you like five years ago and you yeah. didn't even reply to me. So it's <laughs> kind of like a, not a bittersweet or like a, screw you but like a, oh yeah absolutely but now you're gonna have to pay like exactly. i was willing to do this for free but now you know yeah yeah you know so yeah that, that and i like fun. what you said too like it's not just picking anything it's picking what oh, with what goes with you know your brand your values things like that you know uh, can lead to that next thing you know mm-hmm. so yeah working for free um I think a lot of people should do it, you know, because like I said, it's at the end of the day, like you're practicing, mm-hmm. you're, you know, working with that brand. And like I said, initially, like that can lead to a bigger brand mm-hmm. or anything like that, yeah. you know? So but I think that's important that you do establish that first. Don't yeah. just say, Hey, I want to work for you for free <laughs> yes. forever. Like establish, Hey, I'd love to do this first project with that's you for really... free, you know, and see if we work well together. Cause that's what companies really want to see is like, Oh, does this guy want a relationship or does he just want a free product? And wow. so then they're like, oh, I'm willing to do this for this guy if he actually wants to build that relationship. Because if you just say, hey, I want to do it for free and that's it, they're like, well, he just wants a free product. Like, whatever. Maybe we'll get something. But if you say, hey, I'm willing to do this for free, but I also want to build that relationship to do potential stuff with you, like, that goes a long way for, for companies. That's so good. I've never thought of it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, uh, I guess... What would you say for, um, like, when you first start out in, in freelance, um, what would be a tip for that person that's wanting to make that jump into freelance, but is, you know, scared, you mm. know, to make that jump? Yeah. Uh, what are some tips to for them in order to uh, prepare for that, you know, in freelance? Because, it's, you know, it's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, freelance is all easy, you know, it's hard, you know, mm-hmm. you got to put yourself out there. Um, what could they be doing to prepare you know, to make that jump? I, I would say I'm not the best person to ask because I literally, I, I left my full-time job, told them I was leaving, and I had a six-month, like, buffer. It wasn't uh-huh. like, here's my two weeks, I'm done, uh, which is nice because usually when you tell a company, hey, I want to look for another job, they're usually like, get out, <laughs> like, just yeah, leave. Yeah. And so, like, I had a great experience. It was was, was with Gateway, like, hey, yes. you know, I'm looking for another job. I still feel this right fit. I feel like there's more. And then had six months to still work with them because of a bigger event. So like it was, it was a great opportunity, but I had no client. I never done freelance before. I maybe did like one wedding for a coworker. Like yeah. had no freelance experience, oh, hit the mic. had no freelance experience, had no clients lined up and then got back from a trip where I, I, I went to Israel with a whole bunch of, this was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And so it'll lead to the point of once you leave, it's all about relationships. So it's on a trip with, to Israel with a whole bunch of, you know, pretty famous photographers, videographers. I remember this trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people for HR and some, like, other huge high-end, like, very well-known companies. And mm-hmm. so it was a great opportunity. I didn't feel like I belonged there. But then realized, you know, hey, 
I'm on this trip to ask questions. So <laughs> that's literally how I learn is by asking questions. Yeah. And so I feel like that, you know, that that's all in itself is a great tip. Always ask questions, always be learning. Um, but on that trip, I literally asked them like, Hey, I'm not going to have a job when I get back. I'm going to have to do this freelance. Cause I thought I was just moving to another job. I was going to get hired somewhere else. Didn't work. So I felt there was like, well, I guess I'm starting my own business. I guess I'm yeah, going freelance. Yeah. And so asked all these questions, came back, started a business in three weeks. And the Gosh. biggest Im- impact, the biggest thing that I got was, you know, one, have a CPA, make sure your bank accounts are separate. This is going into like the freelance actual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like logistics is make sure you have a CPA, make sure you have a bank account. Um, so all your finances is separate. Um, you know, that be covered a DBA or LLC sole proprietor, anything like that. Mm-hmm. The bank accounts could be separate for accounting purposes, tax purposes, <laughs> really, yeah. uh, you know, have a logo, you know, have a brand. Um, but the biggest thing and a book I'll recommend is called do over mm-hmm. by John Acuff. And what was funny is he was my, abs- he was my second client I ever had. <laughs> really? Yes. And his whole book was about him leaving his job and doing over. Okay. And in his book, like I was literally like listening to it on the way to like do his, one of his gigs. And he's literally like, the biggest thing is as you're leaving, about to leave your oh, other yeah. job. <laughs> that, no, I already left. Oh, okay. I, the, I left on the 16th and the 17th. I had my first client. Wow. No, I, I didn't line it up. I didn't plan it. I didn't reach That's out to amazing. anybody, but it's and in the book do over. He talks about his relationships. Yeah. Because people will know when you're available or when you're not available. Ooh. And so the way I got my, you know, the 16th was my last day of my job. And the 17th, I got my first client was because somebody else knew that now I was freelancing and they didn't want to do video. They were a photographer and they're like, I don't want to do video. So here, exactly. go to this See? guy. And yeah. so because I, they knew I was available and because of relationships. So I didn't leave. I didn't burn bridges. I didn't like say, oh, deuces. Like <laughs> I hate all y'all. Like, you mm-hmm. know, don't, don't ever burn bridges. Um, you know. Make sure you're respectful. You're not too prideful. I think that's like a big thing with creatives is, at least in film people, they're more arrogant. And they and that's some of the things I heard from some of the clients I've had. They're like, well, you don't, <laughs> you were willing to do everything we said. I'm like, from working the church experience, it's like, yeah, you know, the servant's heart. Like, I'm just going to do, if you have something to do, like I will, my yeah. job is to make your job easy. easy so I yeah. will do what you want. Mm-hmm. If you want my opinion, that's another thing. <laughs> but like, okay. Yeah. But yeah, the relationship part and 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 the word of mouth, I do think is, you know, there's hustle, there's marketing, but if you have a bad reputation, then <laughs> you're not going to get hired. Yeah. It does not matter what happens, yeah. but if you have a bad yeah. reputation, it's so much easier. And I am literally, when I was reading his book on the way to go do his thing, he literally was like, it's all about relationship because people will say, I had a great experience with this guy. Mm-hmm. So here, like, this is a guy because they'll ask. And so yeah. that was, I was literally like listening to that and I was like, wow. This is exactly what happened to me. I had nothing lined up on the 16th. Yes. And then by the 17th, I had my first client. And I, I'm still, I'm doing actually another gig with him now. And it's been four years. So Dang, that's, a, that's crazy. Yes. Wow. So, and I think too, like, it's very important to finish well where you started. Yep. Oh, you yeah. Know? Uh, because I think that's a lot of times where, you know, people that jump into freelance go wrong is because they didn't finish well oh, yeah. where they left. Oh you know? yeah. That was, that was another thing that it, it was kind of weird because my last times at the, the last couple of weeks, they were like, wow, Luke is like the vet. Like some people didn't mm. even know I was leaving, but they're like, wow, his attitude has changed. Like obviously because I was in a better place of knowing like, Hey, there's something more. I'm not going to be just stuck here. I don't feel like I'm capped out, mm-hmm. but they were like, wow, he has a much better attitude. Like he just seems happier. Like not yeah. knowing like, <laughs> 
because this weight just got lifted off. But yeah. it was, and it was also like, I have to finish well. Like, I'm not going to ruin this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like do anything to like cut corners. Yep. Yeah. And so that would kind of like helped on the finishing well. But yeah, absolutely finish well. Yeah, finish well. And then that'll, that'll lead to it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so were you at all like, like scared in the beginning, like when you first started, um, uh, nervous it, per se? Or? So I have, we can go into strengths, but I also do strengths, strength finder stuff, yeah, consultant yeah. too. So I knew my strengths well enough to know that I don't believe in coincidences. I don't think it was a coincidence that this job opportunity over here is the one that got me to leave, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it fell through. Yeah. And I mean, literally the day I told my boss in February that I was wanting to leave, my job in February, <clears throat> I got a call and the camera's about to switch. So I'm going to go turn it up. Yeah. We edited this in post, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, literally, so I've, I've connected. So I kind of knew. So in February I got the, I told my boss, I think I, I think I need to move on. I think I'm going to uh-huh. you know, look for another job. Uh, this opportunity is coming up. So I want to you know pursue that. And he mm-hmm. agreed. He's like, yeah, it's super encouraging. It was nice, but literally I got a text while I was telling him saying, Hey, call me after. <laughs> and I literally like, wow. you know, whatever was like, okay, telling him this walk outside, see that text. Hey, call me, call him say, Hey, we want to take you to Israel. <laughs> and this was like a few months, like in June, I think it was like June or July. Yeah. So he's like, Hey, are you doing anything this month? And I'm like, no, like, mm-hmm. I don't, not, not really. Like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, we want to take you to Israel. And so the timing of how everything literally worked from telling my boss, him leaving to literally that, that one week in Israel with all those people has like changed my life <laughs> because wow. if without that trip, I don't think I would be here. I don't think I would have had everything set up. Yes. I don't think I would have known. Like when I was handing my CPA, all like the papers, he was like, why do you, why do you need me? And I'm like, because you're the finance guy. Yeah. Like I don't, <laughs> I, I, I knew enough from that one week of like asking people conversations, but like that was it. And yeah. so like literally, so that's how I kind of knew that it was the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, there's sometimes where people, it's the opposite where it's like, everyone tells you, like, if you watch the office, like where they tell Andy, like, don't do it. Like, you're not a good actor. Like, don't, yeah, don't yeah. quit your day job. Like there's that type of people. But if you know, like, you know, I think the mm-hmm. biggest thing was like, it felt so much more peaceful. Like it was like a light bulb of like, okay, I can't stay here. Exactly. <laughs> so, and that shows you like the power of networking, like oh, yeah. networking and relationships. Like you never know. Mm-hmm. Like you people just... say, "Oh, it's a small world." I'm like, "No, it's actually seven billion people. It's very massive." Exactly. Like, but being well connected is like the key. It's key, yeah. yeah. Like, cause you like it can get you so many jobs. You know, like just mm-hmm. by the people that oh, you yes. know. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So then there's the like the thing I also hear is like the hope marketing, which I don't think. I, I, it's a give and take of, you know, as a freelancer, you're not really like a business, so you don't have the marketing budget mm-hmm. to like start marketing yourself all like this, exactly. but you know, you want your work to tell how you are. Yeah. But I think, you know, as a freelancer, my goal now was to switch to being a business. I want, you know, I didn't want to do just Luke Asper, you know, videography or video. Mm-hmm. I wanted something that was a name that made me sound professional, but also made me sound you know, re- relatable. It's my last yeah. name. So yeah. Asper Studios mm-hmm. is easy enough to spell. It starts with an A. It's going to be the top of the list and stuff like that. So like I was very strategic. I'm not going to, you know, if my last name was like so many word, so many letters and it was hard to pronounce or hard to spell, I'm not going to use that. But like, yeah, that was the biggest thing in Israel. I got my name from <laughs> asking a guy, Hey, should I do my name 
or should I do a business title? And he was like, well, do both. He's like, your name's easy enough to remember. Yeah. So you could do this and then just add studios to it. And so that's how that's for studios. And like, I remember that conversation. Like it's really, Oh yeah. It was after we had a Shabbat dinner and we're walking back to our hotel. Casual Shabbat oh, yeah. dinner. <laughs> casual Shabbat dinner. Like it was, it was a not, no, no, it was not a very casual Shabbat yeah. dinner. It was, it was a, lit casual really <laughs> casual <laughs> shabbat dinner uh but yeah coming back asking him another one of those you know walking the streets of jerusalem asking these questions of hey dude these are with this <laughs> i feel like you're in the perfect place to be asking questions to oh, like, yes. just walking oh, on yes. jerusalem <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that was literally it and then these people that you know are very successful i'm just sitting there like hey <laughs> little old me over here yeah. how'd you do it and they give me advice i'm like cool perfect i'll do it yeah so i think it's you know obviously asking the right people i'm not going to go ask someone that's never done it before yeah Uh, but asking the right people uh, don't be afraid to ask questions oh yeah yeah and always be learning Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think you'll know when it's time it's definitely the light bulb click and and for me it was like the piece of like (laughs) i've never done this before i never want i never that's the i never wanted to do freelance Mm -hmm. ever i thought it was i thought it was irresponsible why would you not want to work for a company why would you not want to have a nine-to-five why would you not want to have a 401k why would you not want to have this benefits uh and then one day it literally was like i realized the the oh here's the biggest thing and i totally forgot about this when i read the questions i was like man now thinking about it i'm glad i remembered this the biggest thing was you know if money is not an option what would you be doing Mm, yeah And, and so it's not and so i did video photography design you know all these things for the church and stuff. So I was like, oh, it's a career question. And the light bulb switched when I realized it wasn't a career question. Mm-hmm. It was a life question. Like, what would you do if money was not an option? Like, yeah. what would you be wanting to do? And so my thing was like, I would want to sit, be able to sit down with someone, equip and empower them to do what they were called to do, like what they want to do, what yeah. they're passionate about, and get them to go that direction. Because mm-hmm. especially, you know, in youth ministry, there was such a... You know, my parents want me to go to get this degree, very like safe, secure degree. Yeah. But you know, I'm like this amazing photographer. Like, I mean, I don't know how yeah. many students I saw that they were like their like <clears throat> skills. Like, one of the favorites is like Jonathan Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Kid is a genius. Like, yeah. you know, you know Sweeney. Like, I know you Sweeney. know Sweeney. <laughs> he is a genius. So yeah. I remember like seeing talent like that and being like, no, call it out. Like, mm-hmm. so so many students were like, my parents want me to go get this degree. Or, you know, which way should I go? And so the biggest thing that my parents asked filmmakers, like, should he go for school? You know, should he go to get a film degree or a business degree? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, has he learned all this stuff by paying for it now? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, he learned it by experience. And he's like, okay, well, then don't go pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he, you just learned how to do this for free. If he wants to go to college, go get a you know, marketing degree or something. Don't get it on something that you're passionate about mm-hmm. because you can, at least in my experience, I learned it for free learned exactly. it all by yeah same word of mouth yeah youtube i mean big one yeah now there's you know saturated the only people i know that did go to film school were for the connections mm-hmm. like that's like if you if you graduate from a film school like you you are it's very good for networking yes not really the skills and having the eye i mm-hmm. think it's definitely something that's not taught <laughs> yeah I, i've have met a few film people that have graduated from film school who do not know how to either one, use a DSLR, or two, know the difference between shutter speed and, like, ISO, things, because their yeah. camera either always was on auto 
or they weren't taught or it was already set up for them. And so that's kind of when I realized, wow, film school is not. Yeah, it's, it's meant to teach you the business aspect of it mm-hmm. versus like the actual creative, yep. I feel like, mm-hmm. part of it, oh, yeah. you know, which is good to have that. But like the main thing mm-hmm. is to have to know how to use your yep. equipment, things like that, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I don't really but oh, wait. Oh, the light bulb moment when I was realized, yeah, that it was, um, you know, it wasn't a career question, it was a life question. <clears throat> and once I realized that, that's when freelance made sense. Mm-hmm. Full circle, sorry. <laughs> I just go, yeah. trying to like full circle is like when I realized that either starting my own business or doing freelance was going to help me financially do that. Because mm-hmm. I can do that to anyone now. <laughs> I work for myself. So I can exactly. set my schedule, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And even with my business, how successful, it usually doesn't last you know, a year, mm-hmm. either a start a business or some freelancers usually can't take it after a year they quit or they just can't afford it. So they have to get a job. And but, so it's yeah. been four years. So I'm like, I don't, I guess it works. Like, yeah. I, I, like, literally, I'm guessing, I am guessing it's working because <laughs> I still am doing it. And, but I do now get to like with the podcast and stuff, like get to be able to help people. And that is what I wanted to do. And so that's like when the light bulb switched and yeah. literally freelancing made sense and I did not hate it. And so once I realized that, I was like, oh, this is, must be the thing. Yeah, because at, at the end of the day, like, you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's oh, yeah. what matters. Like, do do that thing, you know, that makes you happy and that you can, you that you would want to do, like you say, if you weren't even getting paid, yeah. you know? like mm-hmm. So, um, well, sweet, man. This has been great. Um, I guess for the last thing, um, you know, you're based in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how has... Um, Dallas, you know, really um, inspired you, you know, as far as like environment, like being in that city. How has that, you know, um, played an effect on your your style, mm-hmm. you know, your business and things like that as far as like environment? Uh, I would say the biggest thing that Dallas had to offer <clears throat> is not the scenery. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Never has been the scenery. Yeah. Uh, you know, being a being close enough to an international airport to be able to travel mm-hmm. is probably you know nice but i think the biggest thing about dallas was the relationships yes so like if there's anything to say about dallas is the connections that i have that i would not have got anywhere else yeah i don't think i mean there are some other places but dallas it's not you know not the scenery not the you know famous video people that are there it's literally the relationships the connections that have led to other things and other states that help you travel to see the scenery things and the, you know, mm-hmm. the things that otherwise or the price, I guess would be so much cheaper to live Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Dallas than it is in other, you know, better places. So I'll just travel there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, we'll see in the future. We want to do travel. No, my wife, she, she's not going to hear this, but she wants to be a travel nurse. And so okay. <clears throat> we'll see how, you know, getting some type of, either like an Airstream or RV or something like that to be able to travel to do more of that on top. Because I think when Instagram happened, we were doing so much traveling, so many like actual like awesome nature photos that kind of miss it. Mm -hmm. And then you don't get in Dallas. (laughs) No. You don't. You do not get scenery in Dallas. Yeah, there's no mountains in Dallas. (laughs) So, yeah. The biggest thing there is just the people and the connections. Yeah, for sure. Like I can't tell you the amount of connections people that i've met in dallas just you know it's it's an amazing place for that you know so you're definitely gonna find that you know because yeah. um, there's so many people creatives um so 
Well, sweet man, um, this has been fun. Uh, any last words you want to say uh, as we wrap up? No, I feel like I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I guess be humble. Don't act like you know it all. Um, and have like that servant's heart. Because I think that's, I mean, when it comes to a client or a company, when they know you're in it for them, like you actually do care, they'll be loyal. <laughs> they'll yeah. they'll want to work with you more because they know, oh, this guy doesn't want a paycheck. He actually just wants to help. <laughs> yes. Um, he actually wants to add value. Mm-hmm. Things like yep, that. Add value. Yeah. Where can people find you on social? Um, social. Yeah. <clears throat> everything should be just Luke underscore Asper. That was the OG days when you couldn't do a period <laughs> or yeah. everything. So you had to do underscores. So yeah. Luke underscore Asper, Instagram, Facebook's just Luke Asper. Business stuff is Asper Studios, all one word. <clears throat> just my last name, Asper Studios. Um, that's it. Yeah. Dope, man. Yeah. All right, guys, that is it for this episode. We will catch you in the next one. Peace.